Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells, maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. 
I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. Here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. Are we sure about that? Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm glad we had a president who spoke like that. Good for President Trump. But are we sure it will never be a socialist country, a communist country? Are we sure? I'm not sure about that. This is, this is where we're headed. I mean, we know what socialism is, what communism is, right? What Marxism is, it's all the same thing. And don't complicate it. People, when they, when they point out, well, what we have now isn't communism, it isn't socialism, it isn't, we don't, we don't have a, a people, you know, not owning private property yet, because that's a big part of communism. Well, you can still own private property, so it's not communism. Listen, communism, socialism, Marxism, whatever you want to call it, it's not complicated. It's not complicated at all. All it is, is... I promise to hurt the people you blame for your problems if you put me in power. That's all it is. They act like it's something more, some lofty thing about the worker and thing. No, it's a promise to hurt the people you blame for your problems. And we have a ton of it right now in this country. And we're heading that way because all of our cultural institutions are ruled by these people. And what confuses people about that is our cultural institutions, they're oftentimes led by a some graduate of an Ivy League school, oftentimes a rich guy. And so you would look at that guy and think to yourself traditionally, well, that guy's going to be hardcore capitalist, right? That's got to be Rockefeller, Vanderbilt. No, because they were not educated that way. And don't fool yourself into thinking all the communists of the past were these poor, downtrodden workers just trying to do best for their fellow peasants. No, oftentimes the leaders of these movements were rich kids, wealthy, privileged. The wealthy and privileged often, I mean always, end up siding with the communists because as the old saying goes, it's better to be at the right, right hand of the devil than in his path. 
And we have these people all over the country. We have violent street communist groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter openly declaring they're communists. It's not as if these people hide this at all. They're not even interested in hiding it. Uh, the Black Lives Matter co-founder, co-founder described herself as, quote, a trained Marxist. And what do they do? Well, they destroy. That's what socialism does. That's what communism does. You've seen all the footage. Burning cities, dead people. That's not some kind of abnormality. That's what communism does. It destroys everything. And I do mean everything. It destroys a lot more than buildings. Communism destroys comedy, movies. Communism destroys families. Communism destroys wealth. Communism destroys militaries. I mean, look, you don't believe me when, I, when it comes to things like comedy? How many late night shows you watch now? Remember when we were growing up? It used to be Leno or Letterman or Johnny Carson or d depending on how old, how old you were. And you could always tune in if your parents let you stay up a little bit late for 10 minutes and ah, ha, ha, hear a couple funnies. Have you seen these guys now? They, they sound like politicians every night, railing against the right, pushing, pushing, and pushing socialism all over the place. We have open people doing it. Rashida Tlaib, quote, it wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. Dante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I am done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Well, how's that socialism? Well, that's what they always say. They always use something as an excuse to take away your defense of anything because these people do think you deserve to be hurt. They do. It's unbelievable to me that one of the major candidates running for office, Bernie Sanders, was openly a socialist and had a huge, huge following. Remember Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders was winning that primary until the Democratic Party kicked everyone out and made them all gather behind Joe. AOC. One of, if not the most popular member of Congress on the Democratic side, an open socialist. An open socialist. Here she is. I do think that um, the Biden administration and President Biden has definitely exceeded expectations that progressives had. Uh, you know, I'll be frank, I think a lot of us expected a much more conservative administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't because I was paying attention. And I know that we don't have a functioning adult right now in the White House. And that's what's so scary about this communism socialism thing. You heard Trump at the beginning of our show. We will never be a, a socialist country, a communist country. Maybe he's right. Maybe we won't. But one thing I know for sure, by the time Biden administ Biden's administration is done, we're going to be a lot closer to being a socialist or communist nation than we are now. We just simply are. We are not going to be able to slow down this freight train over the next four years. We're just not. We're not. And that stinks. That's, a, that's tough to accept that, right? Because you and I feel powerless at this, at this point in time. We sit around and we're, we're changing the channel and we're thinking, they're doing this. They can't do this. Somebody should stop them. Well, we lost our chance to stop them, didn't we? We lost our chance and we lost the election. And I'll tell you something else. 
and this really hurts. I'm not totally sure the Republican Party can stop them. I'm not sure they want to stop them. I mean, what have you seen out of the Republican Party that has led you to believe the Republican Party is willing to fight these people tooth and nail? Because rest, rest assured about this. The communists, the socialists, it's their God. It is their religion. Don't make the mistake of thinking it's a political ideology for them. You do politics. They do religion. And they are devout. They eat, sleep, and breathe it 24 hours a day. We, you and I, you don't worship politics, do you? I mean, I really hope you don't. It's an unhealthy way to live. It's a miserable way to live. You and I don't worship politics. They do, though. And it is difficult to defeat an enemy who's that committed. And there's another part of this, too, that makes me worried we're not going to be able to stop it. We don't like to get our hands dirty. We don't like to get our hands dirty. And they live and die for that. If there was some corporation out there, some corporation out there that was, oh, there are plenty of them now, that was openly pushing against you. They, they think uh, someone on the right should be in prison just for being on the right. And they came on the news and said that. They're running TV commercials that way. And I said to you, okay, here's what we're going to do this Saturday. We're going to go have a big, loud protest right in front of their store so none of their customers can get in and, and they go out of business. What would you say to that? You'd say that sounds terrible, right? I mean, I, I think that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. That sounds disgusting and just like them. Well, we're going to lose them. You and I, I mean, I talk to myself as much as I talk to you about this, about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. We are going to have to start making them feel it. Or we're going to end up like Venezuela. You seen these pictures out of Venezuela? People down there, they're eating their dogs. They're eating their dogs. I saw some terrible picture, I'm not going to show it for you now, of a mother carrying her grown adult daughter to the hospital like she was a rag doll because she had lost all of her weight. She essentially was a rag doll at that point in time. There is a real cost to losing this country to the socialists, to the communists. Let's make sure here and now that however dirty we have to get, however uncomfortable it makes us, let's make sure right now we don't allow that to happen, ever. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got a great show for you tonight. Hang on. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. Now I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. 
For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, Call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Did you negotiate many times. Negotiate? What is to negotiate? What is... University is a public institution. That's right. But the university... Its own community and for the community of Berkeley that live around it. All of it began the first time some of you who know better and are old enough to know better let young people think that they had the right to choose the laws they would obey as long as they were doing it in the name of social protest. Ronald Reagan, the Gipper, bringing the heat back in the day. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is the president of the Young Americans Foundation and, of course, former governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker. Governor, uh, Ronald Reagan, (laughs) I thought, I think we could use another one. Now, that's a pretty popular thing to say in Republican circles, but what I mean by that is somebody who goes right back at the liars with facts. Do we have somebody like that today? Well, we've got a lot of them but they're maybe not as well known as Ronald Reagan, but we've got people on campuses all across America that need our support doing just that. And uh, boy, but he gives us great encouragement. You realize it wasn't just sitting at a podium. He was saying this as governor right up front when these sorts of radical things were happening back in the 60s. This is they're happening again and today. How, what is the appropriate thing to do when it comes to college campuses? Because I, I'm not like people on the right, or at least a lot of them, who dismiss college as unimportant. They'll grow up once they start getting a paycheck. Well, we see the status of corporate America now. That's not the case. They're not growing up. They're getting indoctrinated at these communist finishing schools, and they're taking that, those politics to the boardrooms. We've got to fight the battle everywhere. We've got to have a long game to try and bring those campuses back. So the two go hand in hand. You're right, back in the 80s when Ronald Reagan was the president and I was in school and eventually went off to college, yeah, there were more liberal professors than not. There was certainly a bias out there, but you could still have a voice. In the 90s, we started to see political correctness seep in, and today it's just outright cancel culture. Uh, we see it not only in our campuses, we see it in our culture overall. Uh, we even see it creeping into our communications with the censorship from big tech. So I think there's two things that have to happen with campuses, both involved in fighting back. One we got to step up and level the playing field. We've got to fight for free speech. We've got to eliminate, counter the, the cancel culture itself so that conservatives have a voice. And then once we're able to have a voice on campuses, we've got to do a better, more effective job of not conceding any ground. We've got to call the left out every step of the way. We know that socialism failed, not just in the past, 
but even as we speak today in places like Cuba and Venezuela, we've got to tell students that story, mix the facts with the emotion. The two go hand in hand. When you talk to people who come here from, from old socialist countries and from former communist countries, they'll tell you they love America probably more than anyone who was born here because they know what they get in socialist countries and they like the freedom and opportunity right here in America. Governor, how do we, let's focus on the cancel culture portion of that for a second. What does fighting back against that look like? I understand that looks like different things to different people. I have been a proponent of, well, look, go right back at them. Try to cancel some of them until they back off because they're not going to back off until they feel some sort of pain. But I realize that may not be for everyone. What does fighting back against it actually look like? Well, it's a combination of things. One thing we've been very effective at, for example, even at UC Berkeley, arguably one of the most liberal campuses in the world, uh, they had a policy that effectively blocked conservatives. They claimed they were open to anybody speaking, but they put up these artificial barriers in terms of astronomical uh, security fees, limits on when people could speak, prohibiting uh, certain advertising if, if they thought that speakers might trigger folks. We took them to court, we won that battle. Uh, they were forced to settle and change their policy. If we can win at UC Berkeley, we can win anywhere. So on one hand, it's fighting for free speech. But to the point you make on the other part, I, I think against the corporate elite, the Coca-Colas, the Deltas, the Major, Major League Baseball, when they push back, we should counter by saying, hey, we're not going to take our hard-earned dollars and use them for companies and corporations, organizations who flat out back things that we, we disagree with. And that's not canceling them out. That's just saying we're not going to be party uh, to conceding any ground and giving them any any uh, relief if they don't do the things that align with our values. 100% agree with you. Why, why do you think, now you've, you've been on the front lines of this kind of thing, everybody remembers the wars you were in in Wisconsin, but why do you think some on the right, obviously you excluded, are so hesitant to do something like not go to that next movie that just dumps all over the right. For some reason, the, the right has such an aversion to that. When I, when I say things like that, I'll get real legitimate pushback from, wow, that's being like them. I, I, it blows me away. Well, one, it's not. Being like them is saying you don't have a right to speak. I don't have to watch the All-Star game in Major League Baseball, but that doesn't mean that I'm saying they can't broadcast that game. I'm just not going to pay to watch it. I'm not just going to throw my money behind them. And that's the problem. I think the larger problem, which is uh, too many people who think of themselves as conservatives, too many people think of themselves as Republicans, concede ground. We should never concede any ground in this battle because if you give them an inch, they take a mile. If they give you a mile, they take 10 miles. We need to be out front speaking the truth, being aggressive at it, not being ashamed, not being worried, somehow thinking that if we're, if we're just a little bit more polite uh, somehow those in the left and the media who are largely indistinguishable uh, will somehow be nicer to us. No, they attacked John McCain. They attacked Mitt Romney, even though they loved him before they were the nominees. They're going to attack anyone, no matter who they are, as long as they're countering uh, what the radical, radical left is pushing for. So we might as well just speak the truth and appeal to people, not just in our corner, but I, I think there's an increasing number of Americans who consider themselves somewhat, maybe not in the middle, but undecided, persuadable who just want to hear people speak the truth. It's time for us to speak the truth and push back. Governor, how did this happen so fast? I, I, I mean, I, I, honestly, it feels like 10 minutes ago, yeah, it was Republicans versus Democrats, you know, Bill Clinton against, it's, but relatively normal. And I feel like everything got insane in about five seconds. How did it happen so fast? Was this a Barack Obama thing? What happened? 
No, it's even accelerated, I think, since then. It, they've really been at this for decades. You go back yeah. to Saul Alinsky in the 60s, but they built this up, and it's like compounded interest. All it took, I think, in the last few years uh, was that the left, back in the days of the 60s, tried to push, and even before then, tried to push Marxism, and it didn't work. Why? Because in America, we're not a class-based society. Uh, you can be born the poorest of the poor and succeed in anything you want here in America because of the freedoms and opportunities uniquely available in this great country. So what have they done? The Marxists have come back and decided they're going to use race and sex and gender as the next tool. Uh, the BLM organizers flat out admit that, that their Marxist sympathizers are organizing this effort, not about race, but about this larger control. And so that's really what's happened the last two years with social media, with more things going viral. I think have only accelerated things, and we've got to counter uh, all these visual notions with facts, but back them up. Not, I said the left is very good at talking and, and, and thinking from their heart. Now, we tend to think with our head, but talk with our head. We need to think with our head, but talk from our heart in ways that appeal to everyday citizens, not just our base, but to the vast majority of Americans who I think believe in fairness, but fairness isn't determined by the by the government. It's determined by the individual and the family. That's what we should put our faith in, and and I think that's what's gotten away from us over the last few years. Governor, what would you say to parents today? Because I get emails like this a lot. Uh, my kid's going through high school. My kid's a junior. My kid's a senior. Jesse, I don't want to send him to college. I don't want to send him to college. I'm worried about what's happening there. I, and I'll tell you, I've got two kids. Lord knows neither of mine are probably going to get into college. But I don't know that I want them to go to college, <laughs> Governor. I look at what's happening out there right now, and I don't know that I want them there. Well, one, don't presume they have to. I've said even before all this, yeah. Uh, that two-year associate degree programs are good places for smart kids. They don't get the student loan debt. They get in the workforce sooner. They get a great education. But if your kids do, both of my sons went to college. And I'll tell you, the thing that helped them both come out just as conservative, if not more so surprisingly than they went in, was being surrounded by good people. Uh, not just with YAF, College Republicans, Students for Life. There's a lot of great organizations out there. And I think the same old student, not just for students, but for anyone watching and listening right now, just in your own communities, in your own workplace, in your own neighborhoods, you got to be surrounded. The left's goal with cancel culture is to make you feel alone. It's to make you feel that you're out there on a, on a branch all by yourself, that nobody else thinks or acts like you do. When fact is, most people in America still share the values that we share. They're just intimidated uh, from, from speaking out about it. It's exactly what they did to me 10 years ago. They tried to intimidate us uh, first with protest and eventually with a recall, once we got out and went around the state and then around the country, we realized, no, there's a lot more people that were willing to stand with us. They just want someone to lead. And so be that leader. Uh, if you're a parent, and give your students the support that they need and then make sure they get connected with conservative voices on campus. And you might be surprised. They might actually come out more conservative than they go in. How'd you withstand all that? You and I, we've talked before, but I've never actually asked you that. Everybody remembers, or at least I hope they do, how nasty that was when they were coming for your head back in the day. And you never wavered. You were always standing behind the podium, always bold about it. That's tough. People don't realize when you're put through the meat grinder like that, you're feeling the heat every single day. You're getting texts from your mom saying, dear, you hear what they're saying about you, son? <laughs> it's not easy to go through that. How'd you get through it? Well, it wasn't. You're right. Not just for me, but my, my wife, my kids, my family all had death threats. So did our lawmakers and others. It was crazy. But two things helped. One prayer, I guess, say starting and end my, my day on my knees made a huge difference in terms of, of, of just lifting it all up to God and making a difference in that regard. And I still believe that today. And secondly, along with that, part of thinking of what, what was God calling me to do was to get out of the dome. 
by that I mean figuratively and literally get out of the Capitol, get out of the dome there where the mindset was all consumed with politics and instead go out around the state and talk to the people, the people I was actually elected to serve. And I got to tell you time and time again, someone at a factory, someone at a farm, someone in a school, someone even at a, at a TV studio came over to me and said, hey, hang in there. Me and my family are praying for you. You're doing the right thing. Getting out, going out to talk to people. It's something you showed that video clip of Ronald Reagan. It was a great lesson I learned a long time ago from Ronald Reagan is forget about the people in the Capitol, forget about the so-called elite, go out and talk to the American people and they'll affirm you to do the right thing. Governor Scott Walker, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you. Good to be with you. We'll be back. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Joining me now is the CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. And Lord knows we need plenty of Young Americans Against Socialism. Morgan Ziggers. Morgan, I'm looking at a Rasmussen poll. Three to one. Voters say capitalism is better than socialism. Three to one. What I don't see, Morgan, is that translating to the polls. What am I missing? Well, so I was looking at the numbers after you sent me this article, and it turns out that by 2028, Gen Z and millennials are going to overtake the rest of the voter demographic in America. So they are going to become the largest voting bloc by 2024 or 2028. So we have some time before they're really dominating the polls. The problem is that, yes, most Americans probably align with capitalism at its core values, but there's a major misunderstanding and a total ignorance for what these concepts really mean. And that's why it all goes back to the concepts of of basic education in our country and making sure people have a, an understanding of history, economics, and politics. Morgan, speaking of basic education, uh, now we'll get to the actual education system in a moment. As you know, I hate it. but. Um, Amer Americans in their, in their homes. I get these emails from parents all the time. I got two boys. They're 10 and 12. I don't want to raise them to be hardcore political. They can do whatever they want, but I want to make sure they hate communists and they love capitalism. So I take certain steps. What steps did your parents take? Because you're not exactly old like me, and you're out there on the front lines of liberty. What did your parents do? Did they have you reading Hayek every single day? What were you doing? 
Actually, they didn't. And I'm glad you asked that question because I've wondered too, how the heck did I get so political? In reality, I'm not a very political person. I'm just deeply rooted in certain values and respect for tradition in our country of what made us so great from the beginning. So looking back on it, my parents were never political. They never pushed conservative politics. They never made me, you know, watch Fox News or anything like that. Instead, they raised me to understand and appreciate history. Most importantly, to understand comparative history, that we did have our flaws. We are not perfect, so to say, but we have come such a long way. And so that concept of true progress, understanding that we've eliminated, uh, for example, we've eliminated more than 90% of worldwide poverty in the last 100 years or so. My parents really did a good job to explain our family's history of coming from Italy in the early 1900s and really achieving that American dream. And so I understood what family members in previous generations have gone through and the sacrifices they made and how grateful I really should be to be in America. And so my dad's also a colonel in the military. He served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. He went to the scene of 9-11 the day after because he was in the New York Army National Guard. I just have a great respect for the principles of our country and our history. Well, Look, once you've seen those kind of things that he's seen, that'll wake you up. And a grateful heart, parents. Everybody who's asked me that, like I've told you before, raise your kids with a grateful heart. You can't be a communist and have a grateful heart. All right, Morgan, uh, you mentioned these generations. I mean, look, the, hist the history of the world is old people dying and young people taking over a society. What is the mentality of the young people? Because it's, it's so common, and I've always rejected this. Of, wow, the next generation sucks. I've always said Moses was probably saying that about the next generation. What is the next generation in America? Are they a bunch of commies? Are they like you? Is it a split? So I started Young Americans Against Socialism in 20, 2019. And from about 2018, when I saw the squad first gain power, that's when AOC was elected and democratic socialism was really normalized in the mainstream media uh, and so on, I, I became more and more concerned with not only socialism, but with really a growing power for the government and authoritarianism in general. What I look at these days is that our country was built on this foundation of classical liberalism and capitalism. And our generation has no understanding of what those ideas really mean. They look at capitalism as this evil boogeyman, and instead of classical liberalism, they're actually embracing authoritarian totalitarian concepts for ruling over a society. They believe in controlling others. And usually Americans don't. I would say Democrats and Republicans, we've usually stood together on this foundation of capitalism and classical liberalism. And it's my generation, it's millennials, it's Gen Z, who are looking at it and saying, no, we're going to turn our backs on hundreds and hundreds of years of proof that this is how you actually achieve progress. And so when we consider what classical liberalism is, I can tell you probably nobody my age on the street would be able to define this for you. It's concepts rooted oh. in economic ind independence and freedom. It's rule of law. It's achieving justice in a society. It's free speech and freedom of expression to be able to disagree with each other. Each and every single one of these concepts is being attacked by the radical left right now. And it's unfortunate because my generation is so ignorant on these issues. They think that they are these social justice warriors achieving freedom fighting the power, when in reality, everything they've been doing is leading us further and further down that classic road to socialism, as Hayek would put it. Morgan, why, why are we surprised by this? I mean, sometimes when I'm looking at our political system now, and I'm disgusted with it, as I pretty much always am, I think about, like you mentioned, the authoritarian nature of it. But isn't this the way empires go? 
they, they thrive early on and they get wealthy and then they get fat and bored and lazy and don't appreciate what they have like we are right now. And they, they turn into despotic dumps. That's pretty much the history of the world, is it not? Yes, and I, I hate to say this, Jesse, I'm not exactly a positive person to bring on shows these days because I'm going to tell it to you straight. There is a checklist throughout history that usually a society has to go through in order to fully become this radical leftist regime that ends up becoming a, a total destitute place. And unfortunately, America let's be honest, is about 70% of the way there, I would say. It's not a case of, oh, if we just make a few changes, we're going to save this country and make sure it's never not just a socialist country, but not a communist regime. Instead, we're pretty much 70% of the way there, and it's going to take a lot of fighting, a lot of radical change on our end, a lot of shakeups in our movement to really bring true change here. I'm very concerned I'm about this. No, I'm glad you brought this up because I, I think Republicans in general, and I, I call out Republicans a lot, I think Republicans in general are under the impression that we just have to uh, win at the midterms and then uh, win in 2024 with candidate X, whoever your candidate has to be. And what I'm trying to explain to them is, yeah, that's fine. That's good. Good for you. Good for the country. That's, that's this much. And we have this much to go. That's a tiny step. And I think they're going to think that's a win. Yeah, and, and conservatives really need to understand that we have so little. I, I don't know about you, but I, since I was 18, I've been door knocking for Republican candidates. I've been a member of my town GOP, my county GOP. I have given money to candidates every two years. They rally us. I'm still getting text messages from the RNC. Let's be real here. And at the same time, I'm seeing how we pretty much gave up power of everything. We do not control the education system. We are barely controlling the police system. They're trying to abolish the police and defund them. We see it in cities like Atlanta where people actually roll their windows down in their car at night because it's easier than just having their cars broken into every night because that's how Ooh. frequent crime is there. We see that they control things like the FBI and the CIA. They've politicized that. They've politicized our military. They control the media. They control Hollywood and pop culture. And on top of all of this, now the big business titans of the country, who you would assume are capitalists, who you would assume would be on the conservative side, are on the side of the left. And so I always look at this as the weirdest anomaly that the eat the rich socialist left and the richest of the rich billionaires are actually aligned with their values and they're fighting against average Americans, people in the middle, conservatives, Republicans, liberals, Democrats, the main street Americans that just wanna have the American dream. That entire establishment is fighting against that. And I hope we can unite as liberals and conservatives, the core group of what America really means. We can reun reunite and fight back against this radical establishment that's fighting against us. Yeah, look, look, you brought it up. We, we remember Basecamp recently. Basecamp, this company out there, just to give everyone a heads up, all they did, their CEO sent out an email to everybody saying, hey, we're not going to get involved in politics. Leave all that at home. He didn't even say he was some card-carrying Republican or something. He said, we're just staying out of all this woke politics garbage. And now he had a bunch of employees walk out on him over this. The truth is, Morgan, I look at this now, and I see we've turned a bunch of college kids into communists. And now they're running, C, they're running Fortune 500 companies, and they view their role as activists, not moneymakers. I saw that, too, and I saw that about one-third of the employees actually walked out of base camp. It reminds me of a story you were asking earlier about young Americans. I know 
a young woman in my life. She worked at a pizza shop after graduating from college, and she decided to quit her pizza job shop, a uh, pizza shop job, because she found out that the owner was a Trump supporter. And so, in her eyes, he was racist. He was a terrible person, and she couldn't possibly work for him. What did she do in the end? Now she doesn't have a job, and she had to go on the search. And eventually, she ended up at a grocery store. But that's the reality. You're an employee, and you aren't just being exploited by your evil CEO millionaire boss. In reality, you're gaining from that because you're gaining experience, you're earning money to be able to take care of yourself, and you are being able to be independent in your life with that money. So it's really a give and take situation. But it reminds me of a great point. I don't know if you've seen AOC. She does uh, this annual speech, and I can't remember the name of the conference, but this year they were asking her about how wage theft is a thing and how people, really millionaires and billionaires, are stealing money from the workers. And her case was that millionaires, billionaires, CEOs, they sit on the couch and they sit there making money, stealing money from the workers who are actually making the widgets, who are making the profits. And so her view is that people are stealing from workers of America. And so to take their money isn't stealing from them via taxation. It's actually just taking the money back that they stole. It's a classic Marxist tactic to distort that and to legalize the theft and the plunder that they're doing. I think it was referenced in the law by Frederick Bastiat. Morgan Zegers, thank you so much. You were sharp. Thank you. All right, we'll be back. I call these people socialists and communists all the time, and the oddest thing to me is I'll have people on the right come back at me and say, oh, no, they're not. Uh, there's something different. Where do you get that? Quit being extreme. They're out there telling you all the time. I grew up in Canada, okay? We have right. socialized medicine. And I am, I'm here to tell you that this line that you get on all of the political shows from people is that it's a failure. The system is a failure in Canada. It is not a failure in Canada. We have to say yes to socialism, to the word and everything. I'm sorry? Joining me now to talk about that is Jerome Hudson. He's the Breitbart News Entertainment Editor. Jerome, I don't know why people on the right struggle so much with just admitting that's what they are. They tell you all the time that's what they are. Yeah, and, and look, you played video there of Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is a part of the American political ruling class. I mean, he's a Hollywood elite, and most of the Hollywood elite who I cover every day at Breitbart News as the entertainment editor, they're card-carrying members of the Democratic Party. It's the same Democratic Party that constantly pushes policies that they don't actually have to live with the, con the consequences of them. I mean, there is an economic crushing that happens for small businesses whenever their taxes are raised. There's bureaucratic red tape that makes it harder for them to hire Americans. That is essentially what happens when government grows. It curtails the liberty and it curtails and makes it harder for economic opportunity to happen. And so for people like Jim Carrey or the CEOs of Disney or Netflix or George Clooney, who bought his the, the, the property next door to his property uh, in Italy, uh, just so he and his family could have more privacy, they don't actually live by the rules that most working uh, American families live by whenever bad policies uh, or passed. So it's a great deal. Why wouldn't you actually be for more big government when you don't actually have to live with the economic impact and the misery that comes along with them? 
Gosh, that's a great way to put it. Jerome, and it does seem like they're all card-carrying Democrats. I understand there are some hidden Republicans out there, but explain to me, I mean, you cover these people for a living. Why? Is it something about the actor and musician's mentality, the way they're born, that's more wired for that? Are they just following the crowd because that's what everyone else is? I've never been able to wrap my mind around why an entertainer is just almost always a Democrat. I mean, if you look at... Uh, Commissioner LeBron James, for instance. It's very easy <laughs> and from a very early age, like Alyssa Milano. She's very proud about talking about how she's been an actor since she was like eight years old. I mean, we really are talking about people who are pampered and coddled from a very early age. And so they're rarely challenged. And so they're rarely actual, actually uh, asked to think critically. And so when it comes to the nuances of running a business and having to actually worry about, you know, the the families of your employees, they, they simply, that, that sort of thing just escapes them. I mean, I am telling you that they live in a different world than most working uh, American families do. I ran a story today, uh, Jesse, about how the Black death plague uh, that the coronavirus pandemic has brought on, on America, and it's still ravishing uh, countries like India and Brazil today, it actually brought a situation in which millions of small business owners had to turn away their patrons, the people under their employ. Many of them shuttered uh, their businesses forever, Jesse, but at the same time, the top executives in Hollywood actually saw their pay increase. I mean, that's the world that we're living in. And so these elites will always benefit, particularly if they are championing the policies of the ruling party, which just happens to be the Democratic Party. Um, it's a great deal, but I think most Americans are actually turning uh, on to the fact that they don't have to take this crap anymore. It, you can see it. Uh, in the fact that the box office is in the toilet, but th th those numbers were decreasing before the pandemic, but nobody's actually watching them celebrate themselves on the award shows. Um, Hollywood is losing favor and they're losing political power. Um, it, the time just is perfect, I think. Oh, I agree. And I, unlike a lot of people on the right, Jerome, I don't, I don't dismiss it when LeBron James or Leonardo DiCaprio takes a political stance. I don't dismiss it and say, well, nobody cares what they think. A lot of people care what those guys think. I think actually entertainment, you can argue it shouldn't be. I think it is a critical part of every society. It helps guide the society. And I think that ours being that left wing has really hurt us as a nation. No, you're absolutely right. Um, every now and then I get an opportunity to fill in for our editor-in-chief, Alex Marlowe, on our SiriusXM uh, radio program, Breitbart News Daily. And often, Jesse, I hear from our audience, people calling in, well, how do we actually push back? How do we actually fight? Because you're right. I mean, we're talking about LeBron James, who has 50 million followers on Instagram. I'm not exactly sure why so many people follow him, but it is the reality. And I think, you know, in the long term, we should probably look at taking some DNA from Ron DeSantis, maybe putting it in a Petri dish, cultivating it, and then multiplying him and getting him elected in California and New York. But in the short to medium term, we get chances, opportunities every two years uh, in midterm elections and every four years to actually elect people like Ron DeSantis. I'm sitting in a condo in downtown Jacksonville in a congressional district 
that Ron DeSantis used to represent. Now, he, he's probably going to be a front runner for president, um, but the man certainly has, you know, tapped into what most Americans want. I mentioned California and New York. These are utopian societies, or they're supposed to be, but they've been run by Democrats almost exclusively forever. Um, but we have people who are leading right the right way politically. Ron DeSantis is paying bonuses to first responders and police, while these elected Democrats in these other states are defunding the police. And so the, the power starts with us, the people. Um, and I mean, don't watch Space Jam and boycott Coca-Cola uh, if you actually want to send them a message. Um, but at the end of the day, the power is with us. And yes, they are influential, um, but we we do give them that power. And, and like I said, people are actually starting to pull back on that. Amen. Jerome Hudson, everybody. Thank you so much, man. That was awesome. Thank you. We'll be back. Death, that's what communism brings. That's what socialism brings. Every single time it brings death. And I, I, if that sounds like I'm being over the top, I'm not. I'm trying to make sure we are all fully awake about the stakes in this game we're playing here. Uh, you realize places like Cambodia, 25% of the population died. Uh, the numbers are so big that it's hard for the human mind to even wrap around them. Mao killed 70 million of his own. Stalin notched 50 million. The end result of losing this game we're playing with these people, the end result is death. A lot of it. We can't afford to let that happen here. We, can, we have to resolve ourselves that we will do anything, absolutely anything, to stop them from taking this place. So as we move forward... Let's make sure we're staying 100% committed because I promise you, they're 100% committed. All right, we'll do it again sometime. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.